If the truth is fear, how do we recognize what the fear is? Okay. So the, the capital T truth is never fear. That doesn't mean to undermine the fear. It just is from a semantic perspective. When we're talking about <clears throat> capital T truth, it's, it's the truth of who we are, which is unable to coexist with fear. Because fear is rooted in loss, whether it's loss of my life, the greatest fear, loss of my loved ones, loss of my money, loss of my possessions. I mean, you can go from the deepest to the most superficial. But that's what all fear is rooted in, ultimately. I'm afraid of a plane crashing. Why? Because I don't want to die. I'm not afraid if airlines want to send their planes up with no people and crash them to test you know, their sheet metal. That doesn't scare me. I'm only afraid of planes I'm in crashing, or planes my loved ones are in crashing. So, so fear is rooted in loss. I'm afraid of. Maybe I'm just afraid of being humiliated. Afraid of failure. Because, of course, failure leads to humiliation inner. I'm afraid of, of my own darkness. Of realizing what I think is the truth, but actually isn't the truth. Of how truly worthless I am. So fear is always rooted in loss, in separation, in, in my smallness. And truth requires I mean, an, an inherent non-negotiable aspect of truth is the awareness of fullness. That is who we are. And so when we talk about the truth being fear, that would be what we call the little t truth. Meaning it's true, it's not a lie, but it's not necessarily my highest truth. Your highest truth is not fear. Your lowercase t truth is fear. So fear is the truthful answer to why you don't, for example, step up to the plate of your life and embrace who you are and what the universe is giving you full-heartedly. Or fear is why you run from certain situations. So to get over the fear, we have to understand several things. First of all, we're all going to die. Which sounds very simple and obvious, but that's because most of us keep it in just the most superficial level of our brain. Like, yeah, 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 my brain knows I'm going to die. But the real deep awareness of our death that could be now, just because we're young doesn't mean that we necessarily have a guarantee. I mean, no, no human body comes out with an 80-year guarantee or 100-year guarantee. We all know children who die. 
We know people who died long before what we would consider an acceptable age. So, so we're all going to die. That's point number one. Point number two, you have no control over it. Meaning, you can stay healthy, and you should stay healthy. But you should stay healthy not so much about I'm going to somehow prevent death, but rather that the days of my life will be stronger. I will be a more efficient and effective tool of the divine if I'm healthy. I will be more able to embody my truth if I'm healthy. But it's not about staving off death. Lord Yama, the god of death, you know, is not, not kept away by physical health. So we're all going to die, and we have no control over it. Even if you're super healthy, even if you live to be 105, you're still going to die. Whether it's at 105 or 35. So the awareness of death is so crucial because my fear is rooted ultimately in I don't want to die. So I'm afraid of heights. I don't want to fall. I'm afraid of planes. I'm afraid of snakes. I'm afraid, whatever my, my fear may be. Even, interestingly, if you take it on a not-physical level. Fear of failure, let's say. Not going to start the new project. Not going to try this great idea I have. Why? Because, oh my God, what if I fail? I'm going to look like such an idiot. Everybody's going to make fun of me. Okay, well, there's not an immediate direct line between that and physical death. But follow it. Everybody makes fun of me means what? means they leave me, right? I mean, if people, if people are, are ridiculing me, people who were my friends, well, it means I've lost them. Maybe my, my loved ones will go because I'm a failure, because they'll see the truth of who I am. I'll lose them. Okay, so you lose them. Then what? Well, then I'll be all alone. Okay, so then you're all alone. Then what? Well, for way too many of us, the then what of being all alone is, I will then cease to exist. Our fear of being all alone is a sense that when I'm alone, I am face to face with the truth of who I am. And if I don't really know who I am, if I'm not in touch with that capital T truth, and I'm only in touch with that lowercase t truth that I think is true, that's how stupid I am and jealous I am and competitive I am and worthless I am and how I actually only got into that college because I had, you know, cheated on an exam or somebody had written a paper for me or I only got the job because, you know, I knew the guy and he had... I'm face to face with my own worthlessness. I'm face to face with my own emptiness. And that emptiness drowns you faster than the deepest ocean. 
and drowning in the emptiness of yourself is what a lot of us fear. And so the fear of failure, the fear of ridicule, the reason that so many of us play it safe in so many ways is that fear of being alone. Not what will I eat, not who will cook my food, not who will tuck me into bed, but the core of who I am will somehow shrivel and die like the witch if I'm alone. We've become so habituated to literally needing, needing people to validate our existence. Look at the whole selfie movement today, right? I mean, let's, let's shift for a moment into modern social media. What is a selfie? I mean, long before we had selfie sticks where people actually could get a little bit of the background in, we still had a selfie epidemic. The selfie sticks came out of the epidemic. They didn't create the epidemic. So we had an epidemic of people without a stick taking pictures from only as far as their arm would reach of themselves. And I mentioned the distance because if you've ever tried to take a selfie, I remember the very first time I was in Oxford a few years ago. Very, very sweet, dear, dear daughter of my heart is in Oxford and had really wanted me to visit the college she was studying at. She wasn't there at the time, but I had a f little bit of free time. And so I went into the college where she was studying and I thought, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a selfie. I had taken a nice walk by myself through Oxford. I was alone. I thought, oh, I'll take a selfie and I'll send it to her. Now, it's actually really hard to get any background in a picture. I was like, well, this is just me. I mean, I want the buildings. I want to show her where I am. And for the life of me, I could not figure out how to get pretty much anything other than my face in that. But I mention all of this because this epidemic of selfies is an epidemic of people posting pictures of their own face, never looking very good because it's kind of hard to look really good with your arm. You know, I mean, they're never the nice portraits that somebody has taken of you. So it's not about, look how beautiful I am. It's not about where I am because, again, until these really long selfie sticks came in, you couldn't even see where you were. There's me in front of the Eiffel Tower, but unfortunately you can't see the Eiffel Tower because my face is in the way, so you'll have to just take my word for it. We then post them. So this is the second half. It's, it's not just we take them, but we share them. And the reason we do, and the reason that this is a core part of this discussion of fear and loneliness and emptiness is, If people respond to my post, I exist. Ever posted a selfie that no one responded to? There's this incredible anxiety. Oh my God, what happened? It's the kid left behind at school. Is my, did my mom remember to come pick me up? Where has the world disappeared to and why am I left 
standing here all alone. So we, we have an epidemic of pictures of ourselves because we have an epidemic of fear of being alone. Because we have an epidemic of fear of ceasing to exist. If I post and you like it, I exist. If I post and you like it and you comment and lots of people comment, I really exist. I'm fully here. The Eiffel Tower is an irrelevancy. It could be a picture of me and my cappuccino. Doesn't matter. All that matters is it's me. I posted it. I exist. And so, as you look at fear, take it to its worst case scenario. Yes, you will die. No, you have no control. Yes, all your loved ones will die, either before you or after you. So either you will lose them or you will die first. And yes, you are alone. But who you are is so full that into that experience of fullness, all of the fear dissipates. Because now I don't need you to like my post in order to feel that I exist. I don't need the project to succeed in order to feel like I exist. I can risk failure because I can exist through failure. I only can't risk failure if humiliation, loss of esteem, and by the way, anybody who really would leave someone for giving something their best shot and failing is not someone that you really should be caring much about anyway. But I can risk that because I'm connected to a fullness of who I am. And so the way, the way through fear is into fear. Take whatever the fear is and drop into it. Whatever it is, I guarantee you it's going to happen. And then you take that as a given. Okay, it's going to happen, now what? How do I rise from that? How, how can my new way of being be that you know, phoenix from the flames? There's a reason that, that fire is such an incredible symbol and used in so many of the spiritual rituals. Because until and unless we can be burned, that which is not self can be burned. That which is self doesn't arise. So allow yourself to drop into that fear, knowing, knowing that you're being held, knowing that there is a force, an energy, a divinity that's holding you and that is you. From the outside to the inside. 
So that takes away the fear of that which is outside. And it takes away the fear of that which is inside. Because the darkness on the inside is actually a projection of the ego. There is no inner darkness. There's inner ignorance. Greed, lust, arrogance, run-of-the-mill inner ignorance. We all suffer from it. But not darkness. The inner darkness is a projection of the ego that has taken taken things from the outer world. People have abused us. People have harmed us. If it happened when we were young, we believe it's our fault. I must be bad. If it happens as we get older, we take it in a different way. I'm just not smart. I make bad decisions. I'm not trustworthy. Inner darkness, inner darkness. We don't want to face it. Well, there isn't inner darkness. This is just my ego shouting at me in the confines of my own skull. If you can realize that that's all it is and live in your light, there's nothing to fear. Except wasting minutes of this precious life not living that, not realizing.